Welcome to B-Movie Fans to another B-Movie interview. I'm Paul. And I'm Corey. And joining us today is director and producer Kevin Clark of White Rock Productions, and he's here to talk about his upcoming film, Terrace Apart. Devin, welcome to our show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thank oh, you for joining. Glad to have you on. So what first inspired you to become a filmmaker? You know, I think it was just like the lack of voice as a kid. I, um, you know, I would uh, play with G.I. Joes and with Hot Wheels and, you know, just have a, like, create all these different little imagination worlds at home. You know, while my parents were having a discussion over the dinner table, you know, I was by their feet having like a car chase or something. Uh, so it was just like I needed an expressive outlet for creativity, for telling these stories. And when I discovered that you could pick up a movie camera and, you know, you could film it and get actors, I was just like, I was hooked. Good stuff. Could you tell us a little bit about Terrace Apart, what the general plot or idea behind the film is? Terrace Apart is a, a film about a couple who lose their daughter in an abduction in their house. Um, they seek help from Dr. Tad Stevens and go up to a cabin in the woods where Helen, the wife, starts experiencing um, all kinds of strange voices and, and um, uh, like hallucinations. So things start deteriorating for her and they, they try to like resolve their relationship at the same time and some pretty cool stuff starts happening. Uh, and I, I guess I don't want to say more, much more than that. It's... Uh, yeah, it's a psychological thriller. Uh, it's sort of a there's part drama, part uh, thriller. So I'm looking forward to showing it to people. It's awesome. Definitely cool. I, I do have to say that from the description, it kind of sounds like um, Antichrist from uh, Lars von Trier. I don't know if you've seen that one, but I have seen that one. Um, there are no talking wolves like randomly saying "chaos reigns," are there? No. <laughs> oh, thank God. Slow motion, black and white, or, you know, like uh, scissors cutting off any body parts. Like <laughs> I've seen that movie once. I, I cannot do it again. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's dramatic. <laughs> uh, although William Defoe's great in it. I think he does a great job. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's always great. What does William Defoe not do a great job in? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I can't think of a single one. <laughs> Um, I really liked, uh, there's one shot in it, in the, in the forest where it's like slow motion and like the witch is moving through it. I think that shot rocks. That's probably my favorite part of that movie. Oh, yeah. Just visually, it's a great film, but like there's things that happen and I'm like, wait, what? Like, why is that Fox talking? Why is yeah. like any of this going on? I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. That's Lars von Trier for you. We'll get him on the show one day and ask him, like, all these questions. <laughs> yeah, some of his movies are really like, and then other ones are a little bit more of a question mark. But uh, that's art, right? Oh, yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so what first inspired the idea for uh, Terrace Apart? Um, my partners and I were looking for a film to shoot low budget, and we started to read a bunch of scripts. Um, uh, Francesco, the producer, was lucky enough to come across John Kelly, and he had written a really nice script um, along the lines of what Terrace Part is now. Uh, it had a cabin in the woods, and uh, had some, some other elements that we were interested in, in shooting and, and uh, making a film about. 
So we took John's original script, and then we decided what was it, like, quintessentially about the film, about the story that we really wanted to accentuate. And once we did that, we went through from, from you know, scene one to the last scene and just uh, reorganized it to more of um, to really accentuate the relationship and what's happening uh, for, the, for Helen, the woman. Um, there's, there's things about trust and about um, maybe a little bit about mental illness and about grief and about, you know, how we sort of get through all this sort of stuff. And, you know, as the director, I wanted to tell that story in, in this way with this, with this woman, with Elma uh, Bagovich. She's just an incredible actress. Uh, she was able to just pull out this character and just push it further than I thought it was even possible. So, uh, it, you know, it was just a really amazing experience finding the story with everyone, you know. And, like, I know that what it ends up being, what, what John originally envisioned when he wrote it, and then what, like, we took it to when we, in pre-production, where it was going to go there, and then where the actors took it, and then, you know, now where the editing's taking it, it just, it keeps on remaking itself, and each time it gets better and better. Definitely cool. It's always amazing how, like, one idea just kind of just goes from one to the next and the next, and, like, it kind of evolves over time. That's definitely neat. Yeah, absolutely. Like, good ideas stay in rotation. You know, like, it, it just keeps building on each other and building and building. Exactly. Yeah. What would you say is the most unique aspect of Tears Apart? Why would someone want to check out this instead of another similar film? Good question. Um <clears throat> It's really uh, around the experience of Helen uh, that the way in which we do that is quite unique. Um, I don't want to say what it is exactly, but uh, it's very much grounded with what she's experiencing um, and the way in which we show the grieving process is normally one that is skipped over in films and television. So we really, we go to the part where no, most people in society don't want to talk about where most people will just sort of go like, okay, uh, they're just going to have to deal with that. That's no fun anymore. Um, you know, when you're talking to a psychiatrist or when you're having to uh, really sort some stuff out and have a look behind the curtain. So we really explore that direction. And I think that um, there aren't, I can't think of a movie that doesn't quite like it. Definitely cool. Definitely sounds interesting to see. Yeah, And there's no talking wolves or... Um Deer giving a uh, birth to like calf, you know. I'm sounding more and more like the like the large ventures field, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like I'm drawing the the non comparisons to it because I'm like, okay, it's not that movie. <laughs> um, we just had a test screening uh, to do some of the last edits and changes, and uh, we just got a phenomenal response. Uh, People loved it. There was nobody who walked out of the film going like, ah, that's terrible, you know? Every single person uh, really enjoyed, like, a large aspect of it. There, and it was really neat, too, because there's also things that you can adjust from the audience when someone says, like, oh, I didn't understand why that happened or why this happened. Now I can go back. Right now, just before you guys called me, uh, I was making little tweaks, you know, to the, to the beginning and the middle and the end, and it's... It's so cool. I just I just love that interactive process, being able to talk to people about it and then see what they think, because I know what I think and see what they think and then, you know, show show it again and, and then have those changes almost in real time. 
Definitely cool. It's amazing how the internet has really changed that. It's like creators and like audiences can really interact and um, talk to each other. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we rented a, uh, a small uh, theater, Durwood Theater in Kansas City, um, and we had about 24 people attend, and that, that was really cool. And then um, I was also able to upload everything to uh, the different partners in the film, and like one's in the UK, one's in Toronto, uh, run, one's near uh, New York and like they can just watch it and then we all jump on Skype and we talk about it and like okay what did they say like how did this work so like yesterday we had a meeting <clears throat> and we identified the top eight things that was the, the feedback from the um, from the test screening and then yeah and then that's, that's what I'm doing is I'm changing those things right now it, it's just the collaboration wouldn't be possible five years ago the way that we're doing it definitely it's pretty cool so yeah, what? I'm excited about it. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely sounds like an interesting film. I'm just listening to it. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Oh, I hope you do. Yeah, that would be awesome. What qualities do you think make a great film? And could you give us some examples of films that you would consider great? Okay, um, great films. I like films that are uh, like an action adventure character study. So. You know, if there's a world that the actor is compelled in a motivated way, or not the actor, but the character, in a motivated way to do something, um, and while they're doing it, we're studying their character and why they're making the choices, why they're choosing to do one thing or the other, um, and we really understand, um, I think those films are incredible. And I, and I think that some of the problems of films that don't do that is that the audience doesn't understand why. So, like, some of my favorite films are, like, you know, uh, The Professional, you know, and, like, um, uh, Gladiator. Not everyone likes that one, but I love it. And, like, The Matrix and, you know, stuff like that that just has, like, one solid character, male or female, that you really understand their motivation. And I think that really, that to me, that really is good cinema. My favorite character in The Professional is The Pig. The, <laughs> the Pig is definitely man's best friend. Very, very cleanly. There you go. <laughs> One of those re little references nobody ever gets whenever I say it. Like, yes. uh, right? Yeah. I mean, I, most people would say like either Natalie Portman or uh, Jean Reno, but uh, the pig, I love it. <laughs> well, there you go. So it's kind of like the um, archetypal like hero character, only like in um, different like um, settings. Like I always say, that's what makes like the original Star Wars so memorable is the fact that. It's essentially just a story that's been told, like, for literally centuries, but it's, um, it takes place in, in space and in an, in an unknown time period, like, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, even though it's in space and the technology's more so. It's the same kind of story, but it's, it's told in, um, a different environment, and it just kind of reflects a lot about, like, how we tell stories and, like, what's what um these what characters like that mean to mean to um humanity i think absolutely yeah it's sort of it's everything coming together i mean yesterday i just watched a thing about george lucas getting the first one done and it sounds like everything went wrong but he just followed his vision and made it happen which i know i'm thankful uh oh, yeah. but you know like yeah like even in today's context when you see like a lot of this like marvel versus dc stuff and you know you look at the avengers or something and they've got each character superhero or not you understand their motivations who they are 
and and like you enjoy that like Ragnarok you know it's like you get what he's doing it's funny you know and and like you understand his motivation and then you you go to like the other side of that to other movies that maybe DC is doing that you know you're you're looking at and you're going like I don't understand why these characters are doing what they're doing um, well, it well, looks cool. it's it, it's quite obvious I mean Ben Affleck is the goddamn Batman. Um, <laughs> Wonder Woman is 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 uh, feminist A number one. Uh, Cyborg is the minority. Um, Aquaman just Aquaman. I'll David. give it to you on that. Nobody nobody knows why Aquaman's ever there. I don't think he knew why he was in, in that uh, movie. It was Superman had to grow a mustache. I mean that's pretty pretty simple motivations there. Yeah. True, true. Yeah, they had a checklist of the exact sign before they uh, <laughs> went off to shoot. It's kind of like like they were looking at it. It's like, well, we know where we need this movie to go. We'll make it happen somehow. <laughs> so, on that note, you know, on the on the opposite note of those those great movies, you know, are there any films that you, I'm sure there are, but films that you love that a lot of people would consider guilty pleasures, but things that you find fun and enjoyable anyway, things you know that aren't good, but they just bring joy to your soul. I love 80s action cheese. Uh, like, you know, lethal weapons or diehards or, you know, uh, hard target, you know, that stuff to me just has a special place and, and I'll watch it all day long. You know what I mean? There's just something about it that is so ridiculous and amazing at the same time. That uh, like no one else will watch them with me, but I, I really <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with '80s buddy cop oh, yeah. films. Those are always totally. the best. Yeah, like *Lethal Weapon*. I must have watched one through four like I don't know ten times. I, or I read something about like they're they're even though there's like a *Lethal Weapon* TV show now, they're in talks there for is. like a *Lethal Weapon* five film with Mel Gibson and and Danny Glover. <laughs> like so get my ticket, man. I'll be right in there opening night. I was gonna say I'll I mean, da- get tickets to that at midnight. Danny Glover's still an action star. I mean he stars in the badass movies with Danny Trejo. That's true. Yeah. So Boring bad. He can he can still do it, man. Oh yeah, I'm there. I know uh, Danny Glover all the way. Mel <laughs> Gibson, you know, I I don't you know Yeah, the uh the T V show's actually a, a pretty big hit, I guess. It's been on Fox for a season or two. Well, I So it happens when you don't really watch T V I guess. <laughs> I haven't caught that one, um, but if it's good, I might check it out. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it sounds interesting. I I heard like mixed reviews, so I was I wasn't quite in it yet. But if you if you think it's good, yeah, I I have never I've never seen it. I I watched like Gotham, and that was it. That was my only cable show, and so. <laughs> did you like Gotham? How did you? I love Gotham. Well, yeah, I love. I love uh, the Penguin of Gotham, and I like what they do with uh, with Nigma after the first season. Um, I could care less what they do with Bruce Wayne and with uh, with Jim Gordon. I love I love Alfred. Uh, Sean Pertwee is an amazing actor, and he can he could do anything. I mean, it's because he's the Doctor's son. Kind of kind of like to steal a line from Kevin Smith. I mean, he he could play the shark from Jaws, and I would I would believe Sean Pertwee as the shark from Jaws. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I've only seen a few episodes, so I'm I'm not really into. It. I think I just like something else happened. You know, something shiny. I was like, ooh, shiny. That's <laughs> how so I am with like every show. Yeah, but uh, I enjoyed the first part. The only thing that I found was weird was the, um, not weird, but like 
it was just felt a little forced at first, but I think that happens with any TV show that you watch before you sort of invested in it. Like you need to watch anything three times before you write it off. No, that's like, that's why I don't like the uh, the Jim Gordon or Bruce Wayne storylines because it it is it's all kind of like forced or contrived. It's it, the show really is about. I mean, the most enjoyable parts are how they write and bring in the villains to the show um, because they do more of that kind of realistic-y sort of as realistic as you could get with some of these villains. Um, realistic, okay. which with their Batman it, it, pre, it, cool. is re- it's really cool. I mean, yeah. I, I do. I enjoy that part. Yeah, I watched a couple episodes. I'm like, wow, are they making um, Jim Gordon into Bruce Wayne? Like, I just thought he was, he was too good as a cop. And, like, I don't know, it just seemed like it wasn't the Jim Gordon that I that I remember seeing. But I don't know. I'll have to watch more than, like, three episodes. <laughs> um, who is Jim Gordon in the uh, Nolan um uh, Gary Oldman. Uh, Gary Oldman is Gary, Old, Gary Oldman is so good. As yeah, sort of, he sets the bar so high. That is true. That's definitely part of it. Like he was. Um, I thought he portrayed he portrayed um, Jim Gordon like pretty much perfectly in the uh, in the films. And I mean, I'm just I'm just so used to uh, Police Commissioner Irish name from uh, from the uh, <laughs> from the Adam West series, like oh, yeah. with his with his closed circuit television and. Bat phone. Uh, the good old days. <laughs> I haven't seen one of those in a long time, man. That's a good memory. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to create their own independent film? You know, there's so many different things that I could tell you, you know, like, but I think number one is just perseverance. Like, you are going to try stuff, it's going to suck, and then you're going to try more stuff, and it's going to be difficult or not work, so you have to redo it. Uh, you're gonna get some things that are gonna be great. You're gonna be telling. You're gonna have some people in your corner say, "Yeah, it's amazing." And other people will be like, eh, "I don't know, it's not so great." And you know, and this is just like from starting as a filmmaker to whatever point. Like I think it, listening to interviews and other people, um, you know, even the top guys like Oliver Stone. Like I was watching this interview about him shooting something, and he had this terrible time where there's like these guys, some producers didn't like what he was doing or something. So I mean, it's just. It's just sticking with it. Like, this film, you know, we're... It's just... I directed it, but I didn't think that I was going to edit it. And then uh, it turns out that we didn't have the money to get someone else to edit. So I was like, I rearranged my life to make it happen. And here I am. If I decided to give up, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be here. Uh, we wouldn't have a film to show. Uh, maybe, maybe five years down the road or something, but... Yeah, I would have to say just stick with it. And you're you're not done until you quit, you know? It's not over until you quit. So just don't quit. There you go. <laughs> now we have an, um, a question that we like to hear um, everyone's opinion on here at B-Movie Bros, something that Paul and I often debate uh, for some ungodly reason. And uh, I, I don't think us. we actually keep score, but, you know, we give us each I a point I'm every winning. time. Uh, <laughs> but what is your opinion on hairless cats? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm allergic to cats, so that might actually be a relief to regular cats, but I don't know. <laughs> well, on that argument, even though I'm for hairless cats, I am also allergic to cats, um, but you're not allergic to the hair of the animal, but actually the oils that they secrete, um, yeah, which okay. just kind of like accumulate on their hair, which is why people think that it's the hair, but... Yeah. See, more reason why they're evil. 
Yeah, yeah sure, they are evil. Uh, but like the if they don't have hair, then it's not floating around everywhere, right? So like a big problem with if you're you probably experience this all the time if you're looking cats like there the hair will be in the central uh, cooling or you know heating system. So if you go to any house that has like a big vent and that cat's probably you know standing on the vent on the other side, so he knows it's being blown right on you. <laughs> Uh, you know, then, then at least if he doesn't have hair, he's not blowing the hair at. Yeah, I guess that is a good argument that they don't, you know, they don't let the let the oils travel through the house as easily. Well, my counter argument is that I believe that hairless cats are just cats that did that for too long, and because they were the evil ones and lost all their hair, and in their evil plot against humanity. So, I'm not letting them win that one. Well, you may hate the it's us or them. You may hate the adorable little things, but I love them. So. Disgusting little moving abortions. <laughs> <laughs> Cuddly gremlins. They're weird. I've seen a few pictures of them. They're, it's very strange to see an animal that normally has fur with no fur. Like, it, it looks like someone plucked it, you know? <laughs> very strange. <laughs> what are we having for Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, cat. I gotta pluck the cat. <laughs> oh, man. Turn the oven on. Yikes. <laughs> so... When would we be able to see Terrace Apart? When is it scheduled for release? And uh, where can we see it when it comes out? That's a very good question. We are wrapping up um, the post-production, the editing process. So I hope to be locked soon. Uh, we've got a couple of um, uh, deals in place to do the color correction and online and that sort of thing. So that'll all take a couple of months, the, the music and the sound scoring, mixing. Um, so we're hoping to get it done by April um, of 2018. Uh, also, so at that point, we're going to start uh, applying for festivals, and that will be the first place to see it. And the festival run, we'll, we'll probably be able to do two years. I think that's the, the window for that. Um, and we'll basically, if you go to a festival, you should, and we get it in, you should be able to see it. Um, We'll have a list of all the ones that we're going to be uh, submitting to, but, you know, all the horror, uh, thriller kind of festivals. Um, and then after that, it really depends on the deal with the distributor, but it'll probably be some sort of video on demand um, and a streaming service of some sort. Um, and we hope to do a little bit of a, a theatrical release. Maybe maybe it'll just be one theater on a premiere night in, in Lawrence, Kansas, or maybe in Toronto, or... You know, there's there's talk of doing it in L.A. I don't know. We, we've got some options. There you go. Definitely cool. Yeah. So, so where can we follow you to learn more about Paris Part and there any other projects that White Rock Productions will be working on in the future? Um, right now, the best way to contact me is my Twitter, and it's at uh, DevinCLK, D-E-V-I-N-C-L-K. Uh, the website will be up soon, and we'll launch it on there. And then also my White Rock production website will be up on there soon as well. Um, we're just uh, re reworking it at the moment with all the Terrace Park stuff on it. But uh, that would be the best place, for sure. Sounds good. Yeah, so uh, just send me a, uh, a DM if you want and, and say hello. I'm, I'm a very collaborative person. I'd like to uh, meet new people and... You know, this, this film experience, we're going to be driving all over in different festivals, and uh, I look forward to meeting um, a lot of other filmmakers. Sounds good. So there you have it, B-Movie fans. Tear Us Apart, an upcoming horror film by Devin Clark and White Brock Productions. Devin, thank you for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun having you on the show. 
Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Glad to have you on. Thank you. If you have an independent film you're working on and would like to discuss, you can email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros or follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter handle at bmoviepaul. You can find all our interviews as well as other bmovie content such as chats and movie reviews on our website bmoviebros.com. New content every week. If you have a movie you'd like us to review or any additional comments, feel free to leave us a message on either SoundCloud or iTunes. Just search for B-Movie Bros. This has been another B-Movie interview. I'm Paul. And I'm Corey saying until next time, friends, be brave, be bold, and be back for more. (laughs) 